Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups what is up college baseball fans it is the college world series and we are welcomed by noah beanick from the college experience with the sports gambling podcast network and as always quentin mills who looks preoccupied right now he's probably looking at flights to omaha considering he's gonna gonna be heading out tomorrow q what's up you feeling was, good yeah i was uh, i was trying to get you a flight but i don't know if i want to waste some money because you'll just bail on me i can't do it <laughs> you leaving tomorrow morning florida game at night yeah so i leave uh i leave the dc area at 6 a.m i'll land in nebraska at 9 a.m so what we'll do is we'll uh, Uber to the uh, the hotel, drop the bags off, and get right back. We uh, we stay in Iowa because I'm broke, so it's it's a lot cheaper over there. And there's two casinos to entice yep. me at night. Uh, but then I'll we'll catch both games. I typically go for four days, but I'm only out there for two just because I had a baby. So I got to play by the rules a little bit. I gotcha. So Noah, what are you eyeing in this? What what stands out to you as far as the last teams remaining? Well, I think that, I mean, this year's field uh, is amazing. And for starters, all eyes are kind of on baseball, you know, because the NBA playoffs have ended, the Stanley Cup finals have ended. Uh, I think that this field, we have our first overall, uh, first number one overall seed since 2018. We have some preseason favorites. We have, I think, a clear dark horse that Throughout the season, we didn't expect TCU to be here, uh, but they are. And then we have a true Cinderella. We're not making some two-seed or three-seed of Cinderella. We have our third four-seed ever in Omaha. But I also think that we just have a load of MLB prospects in this year's tournament. Um, according to Jonathan Mayo of the MLB uh, Pipeline, 27 of their top 200 MLB prospects are here, six of the top seven, and all three of the top three. And – I mean, this is good for baseball because the draft used to be prior to the College World Series, and kids would be worrying about trying to avoid injury uh, before they sign that big league contract. Now they can go out there, play their hearts out. And in the last six tournaments combined, Mayo said that we had saw seven top ten total prospects uh, for the MLB drafts. This year we're seeing six of the top uh, top ten. So uh, really awesome to see. Noah, do you remember – and I'll, I'll never forget this. It was against it was Florida State, but it happened with numerous teams all the time. Kids would they would literally be playing a game when the draft is occurring, whether it was regionals or conference tournaments. And the 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 coach would come out to the mound and be and like tell the player, "Hey, you just got drafted in like the seventh round. I'm gonna pull you now." That is so bad for baseball. I, I can't uh, agree with you enough to to push it away from College World Series you know, postseason ball, just let it all play out because that really killed the game. The kids didn't care about pitching that day. They cared about where they got drafted. Was the phone going to ring? You know, and then once they got drafted, the game was over for that person. So I think it really watered down a sport. So that was an awesome point by you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that statement. And 
uh, I, I remember I was more of a casual fan. I live in Michigan. So, I mean, college baseball is not nearly as serious as it is down in SEC country. And I would be a casual, just tune in for College World Series time. And I remember, like, the teams that kind of brought me into the sport. I, one, I'm somewhat of a Florida fan. My aunt did play basketball for the Gators. So, oh, nice. whenever they, they had a great decade, I always tuned in for the College World Series. Yeah. Vanderbilt was another team that kind of hooked me in. And I just remember those Vandy Boys teams. Um, Carson Fulmer, I was a huge fan of. I mean, that happened with him, and it happened with Dansby in the same game. So, yeah, I, I kind of remember some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, David Price. Don't, yeah. I was going to say, don't let Derek Stevens uh, hear you say that Michigan baseball, college baseball doesn't matter up there. He's a huge, huge Wolverines fan Yeah, uh, and a college baseball fan at that. I, so, you, you're missing game one, TCU Oral Roberts, I'm assuming. Or are you going to make it there? Oh, I'm landing in Omaha by 9.15, baby. I'm there. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Good, good. By the way, I was lucky enough to meet Stevens, and he absolutely geeked over me, <laughs> knowing it. that I loved college baseball from Michigan and also played hockey, and he's just the biggest Golden Knights fan out there. So, congrats Dude, to him. Yeah. Off topic, that up there, two things. Michigan needs to upgrade their baseball field. The turf looks good, but then the stands look like you're at a high school field. I mean, they, they still don't fill them. It's tough. Yeah, I, the cold, I get it. You know, that sucks. I, I brought it up on uh, Jeff's show. I'm waiting for the first North team to, to tease maybe a dome. I really am. I, I think I think it, you, if, if you have a good North uh, baseball. You've got a Minnesota in that uh, midseason. Yeah. I mean, we saw it, right? We saw it in the stadium. We see it in, you know, the major leagues. Why can't somebody like Michigan, you know, put up the big money to do it and really break ground? Um, and then two, just because you played hockey, that Michigan hockey arena is one of the coolest places I've ever been. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just it's just kind of like a Fenway Park of college yeah, hockey. Man. It's one of it's, the oldest yeah. buildings they've built yeah. on top of it, so it's it's really in, cool. Like to get a ticket, that place is sick. Yeah, it is very sick, and I mean, it's right next door to the baseball yeah, yeah, complex. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what brought it up, but yeah, we're not talking uh, about it right now. That season's over. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our our you. From a team from the north, you need like it, it, I, UConn might be the closest, and they've put a lot of money into that park. You need a team that can make a couple of deep runs within a span to be able to pitch to the athletic department. Hey, let's put our money into this program. It's one of our more winning programs. Let's let's get ourselves a, a roof for a dome. Don't yeah. don't tell my co-host Colby Dan I said that, but I think that's not a bad idea for college baseball in the north. I love it. All right, y'all ready to talk about the? college world series yeah. <laughs> y'all to talk about like the dallas cowboys or somebody else that hit it right omaha Harbaugh's recruiting. all right so you've got the cinderella you've got the cinderella team with the team that kind of caught fire here late in the tcu horn frogs teeing off against each other tomorrow at two o'clock p.m eastern what stands out to y'all in this one do you think tcu stays hot you can start now I would, I would say, yeah, I, I have kind of hitched myself to this frog wagon. Um, so, I mean, this team, since the beginning of May, they're 19-2. and two. They have a 350 batting average as a team and a 995 OPS. Um, I think that Oral Roberts' starting rotation didn't quite live up to the standards that they set throughout the regular season. I was impressed by their play early on in the regionals um, as a team. 
basically because they won a couple of Blitzkrieg Fests in Stillwater. And I think that was the resume or the recipe to win that regional. However, against an Oregon team that kind of lacked stud pitching, they were in a couple of dogfights. And I just wasn't as impressed with that. I know it was on the road, and Oregon had a great crowd in Eugene. Um, but I, I just think that a, a team should have been able to handle the Ducks a little bit better than they did. I love TCU here. I'm actually – it started as a stay away for me, but I actually just put a play, a small play, on Oral Roberts plus one and a half because when I look at the lines, I think the teams are more equal to me than the lines are showing. Now, I I, I don't have enough confidence in Oral Roberts to maybe win. Maybe when I get out there and I get a little mojo and a Miller light in me, I'll, I'll kind of tease that around tomorrow. But I don't think TCU is that good. I, I've said it with Matt on multiple shows here. I think they're hot. But there's a difference between being hot and, you know, a good team. Now, I think Ole Miss had the talent last year. I don't think, you know, when you compare TCU to maybe Ole Miss's team last year, I don't see the talent. I mean, I see Cole Klecker. I see uh, Ben Abald, however you pronounce it. Like, Trey Richardson batted like 278 all year, right? I yeah, mean, and he had he, two home runs coming into the tournament, too. Yeah, so, like, you got guys like that, like, yeah, they're swinging the bat really well, but now they've had a week off. You know, now there's media central there. Every All eyes are on you. It's a bigger park. You know. I could sit in – it's actually – TCU's park is, like, one of the more neutralized parks yeah. compared to Omaha. It's a bigger park. I yeah, could yeah, say yeah. the same about Oral Roberts, though. I think – I mean, they're new to all the media as well. Oh, for sure. I, I just – I think for the value wise, like I don't think these teams are as far separable as like the lines maybe giving them. I think I saw TCU at minus one ninety, so I, I like the plus one and a half. I think it's a closer game than people realize. And I mean, here's the thing: K. Denton is one of the best closers, like or relievers, whatever you want to consider him. Why can't he shut down a a most season average TCU team? I mean, I just I'm not saying either side will win or lose, but I like the uh, the plus one and a half in a close game. Yeah, your recipe if you're Oral Roberts is to get uh, Klecker out of the game early. And he's that he TCU so well of late. Yeah, he's I been really good lately. Back down to earth. Two seventeen ERA in his last seven appearances. Just get him out of the game early. Test that TCU bullpen, which really they only have been a, a belt, like you mentioned, and um, uh, Luke Savage back there in the back end. Yeah. Where Oral Roberts, I think they have one of the best bullpens in the field. Um, and I think that's going to help because Jacob Hall, he hasn't been great in the tournament. Uh, two starts, 592 ERA, and he kind of lacks strikeout stuff against uh, like high major teams I was looking at. Yeah. And TCU, they've been putting the ball in part a lot throughout the tournament. So I think I think uh, the Frogs, they'll be able to play uh, in this in this park, and I think that they'll be able to create some havoc on the base pass as well. They're one of the top uh, stolen base teams in the, in the country too. That was one of the things I put in the guide though, the, the four, one and six, four games against Indiana state TCU may have had the quietest super regional, like nothing really jumped out in it. I guess you could say, I guess TCU's pitching was impressive, but I don't know how good Indiana state's bats were. We talked about Yeah. I'm curious to see. Uh, I think, I think oral Roberts has a, pretty good shot at winning this game one i think they've got something special they've played more consistently throughout the season and i think at the end of the day you've kind of got to fall back to the numbers because eventually these guys are going to regress to the mean you you said something interesting though noah 
you said they since May first they're batting a three fifty. Yeah. TCU so their average is two nine nine. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, you know, they're, half a run they fit that co- uh, hot cold hot theory. Yeah. the The problem, like Q equated to, is Ole Miss still had the dogs, like to pitch. Yep. And I'm they not saying a, they had a fifth year senior as their ace. This TCU yeah. team has a freshman as their ace. Yeah. I can see that. They had a it's, Tim Elko too. You know, <laughs> Tim Elko, which I guess you he could say Braden Taylor. Braden Taylor's, Taylor's up not there. Bad. Cole Fontenelle's yeah. is solid, but I mean, you look at this team in the field of eight. They're six of eight, eight of eight, eight of I eight, agree. seven of eight, seven of eight, seven of eight, eight of eight, six and eight. But the one thing that they're leading in is run differential over the last 10. They've got a seven run differential. I mean, that's, that's equated to two games, though. Let's be real. And that's, yeah. I mean, like that's a flawed stat. It's, it's not it, your fault. It, it's, they're hot. I mean, yeah. they're outscoring guys like crazy. But, I know, mean, this, this team small, did small sample size. It, they did undress Grissom's hogs, so uh, he's yeah, kind of it, a little bit. But make, okay, so go back to that. Though, <laughs> the run differential. The numbers, the numbers weren't very good for the Razorbacks going in. So, like, I could have made the case that anybody could have beaten in that in that regional. Anybody would have beaten Arkansas, sure. which you did. The only in your defense, they had, you did call for that, and I respect you for it because. <laughs> because at the end of the day, I've got to I've got to go back to the numbers, and when yeah. the numbers say that this team is average across the board, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to have been in, you know, a weaker regional like Alabama got or what LSU got, but you we had to say it. <laughs> we had TCU in there, and and you almost you know, slipped sucked. up, Matt Grissom. What I saw the fluff come out of the. Lips. <laughs> You almost slipped up, buddy. Hey, in uh, my book, it was one of the we- weaker ones. I, I, he left out Vanderbilt, mouth. too, right? Shuts your yeah. mouth. Well, and see, I would have said Vanderbilt, but I think the, the Hogs just dropping that last series with Vanderbilt in Nashville. I don't know if how that would have done for us. But anyways, yeah, I'll, we're, I'll we're come on go. the show as a Big Ten representative and just say that the SEC received very kind of cupcakey draws. I will say that. They had two SEC, SEC Super Regionals. LSU had just an absolute cakewalk with no challenge. So, yeah. Yep. (laughs) And so, staying in the SEC, let's talk about Florida. Because I know Q can't wait to talk about his Gators. I, the more that I went through this guide and and looked at the numbers, Virginia is the better team. That's fine. On paper. On paper. (laughs) That's fine. Virginia's got Griff O'Farrell, Ethan O'Donnell, Jake Jelloff, Kyle Teal. But Florida's got Jack Cags, Wyatt Langford, BT Raphael, Josh Rivera. I mean, it. there is a – there is a – Omaha is full of studs. I oh, mean, yeah. from Wake to LSU, Florida, Virginia, like there is name brand guys all over. And – that's why I think we're going to have a really fun time just going through the College World Series. But, again, if you anchor the handicap back to pitching, are we going to get good Brandon Sprout or are we going to get bad at Brandon Sprout? And that that seems to always be my question when trying to decide if I'm going to back the Gators. 
Virginia opened as the short favorite. Is that correct, Noah? Because we talked about this in the night that lines were posted. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a fan from Iowa DM me his opening lines, and I was like, holy shit, like these haven't even dropped anywhere else in the country. Like I, I texted Grissom immediately. I was like, I'm dissecting these right now, bang, bang, bang. And he was like, yeah, I mean, most of those are like the initial reads of this. I was surprised to see UVA open as the favorite, and I knew that they would get bet up, uh, that Florida would get bet up to the favorite. So I grabbed that Florida line as soon as it dropped for me in Michigan. Uh, Q, do you think that was the right move? What did you – I got them at minus 110. I'm just curious. What you, okay. Yeah, I mean – UVA was minus 120 when they opened, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's what I saw. I mean, if you look at the stats, UVA is the better team on paper. You know, they've – they've. that's just how it is. They've yeah. got six guys in the lineup that bat over 300. You know, one of them's over 400. Almost two of them are almost 400. Like, they're a solid team. I see them all the time being in the, the Northern Virginia area. You know, if Florida loses – I'm not going to be upset because I think they're playing a good team, uh, a very well-rounded team. I do think that the ceiling is higher for Florida's pitchers. I, I think what Matt said is very key and, and spot on. What Brandon Sprout do you get? Do you get the home Brandon Sprout that's had three straight quality starts? Or do you get the road Brandon Sprout who has almost a five ERA? It's hard Can to I add to that? Too? What, uh yeah. On D1 Baseball's podcast yesterday, they said that Florida's starting pitchers over the last 16 games have a combined 240 ERA. They do, but what concerns me is like the last seven have been at home. So you're not wrong. They're able to get in a groove. Now you're being sent all the way across the country to to play. You know, Virginia's been there, right? Brian O'Connor's teams don't flake in Omaha. They're they're focused. He knows how to get them ready. I Florida should win. I'm not surprised if Virginia does. And I say that because, like Matt said, if Brandon Spurt's on, he's one of the best pitchers that UVA's seen all year. He's better than what Duke produced last weekend, and he's better than anybody ECU produced, you know, in the regional. You just, again, you don't know what's showing up. You know, I'm not worried about the bigger part. UVA plays in a bigger part. They lead the country in doubles. So that's – they're going to hit the ball. Uh, they're a very singles-doubles team. They, they can't hit home runs. We saw that against Duke. But Florida can – I mean, Cags just put one out of the stadium in BP. Now, again, there's BP versus live, but the context is still there. They match the ball. Same and with sports. And he's generating all that power. You have a 50-mile-an-hour yeah. BP right. pitch coming in. Add that to a 92-mile-an-hour Nick Parker. I, I think no. I think Florida has the edge on paper pitching. You could probably say contact-wise it's UVA lineup. Power-wise, it's Florida. It's a really good match. I'm upset that I get to see, you know, the two teams I'm pulling for have to play each other in game one. It would have been cool to see him play in two separate games to kind of rep them. But, you know, push comes to shove. I got to wear uh, Florida gear. So, I think it would be a great game. I do have minus 110, though, with Florida. Pretty heavily. Well, moving on, if y'all are both done with the day one games, Stanford well, Blake. I will, I will add also, I'm, I'm antsy. I'm jumping all over the place. The bullpens, I think, is a huge key because Florida's, pitch, Florida's bullpen's pitching amazingly right yeah. now. And that oh, was somewhat yeah. of the knock throughout the regular season. Second half of the season, it's been a little bit different. They've figured out what kind of works for them. And Cade Fisher's been amazing. Ryan Slater. Slater's been good. Neely's the SEC saves leader. Virginia, on the other hand, 
little bit shaky in the uh, tournament so bit. far with Wolfhook uh, blowing uh, an inning against Duke and then Jake Perry not looking as stout. I think he gave up two runs in an inning. Uh, just something to watch there. Yeah, I agree. There's a and, huge drop off. And level of competition has to be taken into consideration. We've got Florida at a 23 strength of schedule. Virginia's at a 55. We'll see. Did Virginia play Wake this year? They no. didn't, did they? No. I, who so, did they play? They see, UNC, that's, NC State, Miami, Duke. That's, that's something that's that I pointed out. Because Wake Forest and Virginia are the clear-cut top two teams in the ACC. They didn't play each other. So, like, well, we that's really something don't I know. pointed out on TCU and TCE, too. Wake Forest didn't play Virginia or Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize they didn't play Clemson either. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I thought they played Clemson early on in the season. South Carolina did. South Carolina no. did in Columbia. Now, I will say this. I was thinking Wake did. It's it's bad ACC baseball all around if you take, you know, UVA and Wake Forest in, in comparison to previous years or the expectations. So, you know, yeah, their schedule on paper looks stacked, but the, the product wasn't there in the ACC. And that's no fault to, you know, UVA or Wake. It's just that's just how it fell. The SEC obviously lives up year in and year out. I don't know what's up with ACC this year, but the talent's just not there. So Wake Wake played Clemson, but I don't oh, think they did. Virginia did. They did play Clemson. Yeah, they that. they played at Clemson and swept them earlier in the season. But gotcha. yeah, I don't know. It, had they played each other, if Wake if Wake, Wake won a series versus ver, versus Virginia, I would feel a lot better about back in Florida. If that makes any sense at all, I mean, I. I just don't know how good or bad Virginia and Wake are until I see them play another elite team. What would or you an say elite that pit, even even elite pitcher? Because I think Stanford, if they throw Quinn Matthews in game one, which we'll get into in a second, I think that's gonna tell us a lot too. Yeah. I mean that UVA's had some tough losses. I mean, they got swept by Notre Dame and then uh now Notre Dame kind of turned it on late, but then they also lost two or three at home in the regular season to Duke. And, I mean, game one, they kind of lost it. You know, so that was three losses. Now they turned it on late. But I think Florida's much better than Duke, you know, if you're talking recency. So, Saturday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, Stanford, Wake Forest. I have seen – all over the board as far as who's who's pitching for Stanford. I've got to believe that it's going to be Quinn Matthews. I don't think Stanford can afford to not throw him and try to win in the loser's bracket. With Matt Scott, Ryan Bruno, Joey Dixon, I mean, you're adding at least one more game trying to battle back from the loser's bracket. They don't have four pitchers. They don't have three. I mean, no. I I think that would be extremely foolish. And all the people that are saying that he needs another day of rest, the guy just threw 156 pitches. He doesn't care about one more day's rest. And he threw 180 the weekend before. Yeah, it was on short rest that he threw 156 yeah. too. I, I I agree with you, Matt. I don't I don't know. I mean, you're essentially giving up the tournament if you don't play. Quinn Matthews game one. It's your only shot at winning that game. If you throw anybody else, you might as well just say, 
forfeit us, give us the extra day, you know, and then, you know, we'll play a, you know, winner goes or loser goes. And this, so it kind of goes it. back to like the regionals because it's the same format. Whereas in the super regionals, you know, you're guaranteed a game too. Right. And you know who you're playing. This is not like that now. It, you're going back to the regionals. And I know we talked about Paul Skeens throwing against Tulane and thought, well, that was stupid. But you bring it back to now this scenario, you want your ace ready for game one. It, so you can live you make to a, fight another day from the winner's bracket. If you make a deep run, it also gives them the opportunity to pitch three times during the week as well. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at the matchups, your best case scenario if you lose to Wake Forest is for LSU to lose because there's a huge drop-off exactly. between Dr. Floyd and Chase Dolander. I mean, I, yeah. I could tell you who I'd want to face. I will take the gauntlet lineup of LSU to, to then be able to have my guy swing against Ty Floyd versus Dolander striking all of us out and then potentially Tennessee, you know, being able to hit a few home runs. I mean, that's just the risk I would rather take. I, Stanford just doesn't have it. I think they go home 0-2, to be honest. I, I don't even yeah. think they could beat the loser of LSU-Tennessee. I mean, like you said, Matt, I mean, who do they have? I mean, outside of Quinn Matthews, like Matt Scott's decent. He'll get better as he progresses. Uh, Joey Dixon, same thing. Like they have flashes, but they're just not there. And then when you look at that lineup, I mean, they're okay, but I think they benefited by playing out West a lot in the way the, the ball carried out of that park. Like they, they hit a lot of home runs that aren't going out at, you know, in, in Omaha. And, and I've been there the last two years and they struggle out there. It's like the bats fall apart. They can't hit gaps. They, they, they suck personally. Uh, even well, though they're a constant get in, they suck when they're there. They've gone two in barbecue in both years, right? Yeah. No, I think they went. Uh, they won one and yeah, one and two two years yeah. ago, and then they lost to Arkansas and I think Ole yeah. Miss. They, they didn't uh, just lose. Say, or, they got blown out against yeah. Arkansas. Yeah, they just that don't was have bad. Talent, man. It's just Stanford. They get exposed ball. on that big yeah. stage, and a arguably lot. they they probably didn't deserve to to get in the way that they did against Texas. I mean, they kind of, you know, they remind me of like Gonzaga of basketball. Like they're a shoe in every time high seed. But then, like you said, when they get in, they just get exposed by sheer talent. And it's, it's, it's unenjoyable if, if I'm being honest. I've always said that about ECU. Yeah. But I, I think ECU plays a harder schedule than Stanford. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just say that because they can't get to the mountain. No, yeah. They like can't Gonzaga. get there. They can't get there, but yeah. even even despite it. Quinn Matthews' efforts, they're eight of eight in basically every <laughs> pitching category. They're they're last in the field across the board yep. for, as far as team pitching. And we know Quinn Matthews is elite, but how far can he get you? We'll see. If it's against Wake Forest, probably not very far. Unfortunately, that's that's just the luck of the draw. But uh, this next one, LSU Tennessee. I think you can pretty much guarantee that Paul Skeens is not going to lose a postseason game, a postseason start. Does Tennessee throw Chase Dolander to try to get this game, or do you think we see Andrew Lindsay, who's been the Friday night guy for the last two, two or three months? I think Lindsay goes. Go with what got you here. He hasn't pitched bad at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Q here. I would I would label this one at like I'm eighty percent confident that Lindsay would go. I just think that you reward the guy that got you here, like Q said, but also it's 
he earned that Friday night role. Uh, Dolander was struggling early on in the season, the full first half. He was only four and five. And once Lindsay got slotted into this Friday night role against Arkansas, this team kind of turned around the next weekend against Tennessee or against Vanderbilt when they swept the Vandy boys. So since then, uh, Lindsay's kind of been the go-to. He hasn't pitched as well lately, uh, just a 409 ERA in his two NCAA tournament starts. And one was against Charlotte. Um, and they lost the game against Southern Miss that he threw and he gave up four in the first four innings. And then he got removed when it was a rain delay. I, I think that they have a better shot at winning the game with Dolander on the mound than Lindsay, but I think Lindsay's going to get up going to go. Yeah. You know they're going to back. Uh, Chase Burns is coming in right behind them. If they've got the lead. Hopefully yeah, Burns yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. suspended, by the way. Oh, That's I, another yeah. reason why I want to listen to that press conference. Oh, that that was fake. Oh, that you think that was, was fake? Shit. Yeah, the guy that tweeted that out about the gotcha. like slash yeah, throat. Say, I thought, I didn't think yeah, was... no, it's I, I'm friends with a bunch of Vols fans, and they're uh, like, "Yeah, he's a he he just posts well, stuff like that." Yeah. Well, it fooled me. Um, but all right, so the only thing that that bothers me about Tennessee, and I do think that they could still lose game one and probably be the best team alive in the losers bracket, because you're probably going to face LSU again that's going to be schemesless, and then you, you've got to go advantage Tennessee from what they've got just between Dolander and Beam. A.J. Russell's been amazing, Halverson. I, I'm more of the belief that Tennessee's going to lose game one probably pretty badly, to be honest, with just what Lindsey's done here lately and with how good Skeens is. It's a bad matchup. Uh, Skeens is the strikeout king you of the know, country. And you and know Skeens is going to show out. Mm-hmm. I, I think Skeens yeah, is going to show out. Tennessee strikes out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I LSU. Kill Tennessee's, I think the strikeouts and their bats are what's going to kill this team. Their pitching is going to keep them in every game. Yeah. It's, it, they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to lose like 10 to 4. Take your unders. They're going to be in like those 4-1 games, kind of 6-2, but like. When I say six two, it's probably three two four two heading into the seventh. Like it's close, and then the team kind of just pulls away. That that Christian Moore strikes out all the time. Christian Scott strikes out. Griffin Merritt. Like I think it's gonna be bad for him. I really do. Well, and if you've looked at the guide, you would see Tennessee is pretty much last in all the hitting categories. That doesn't bode well going up against the best pitcher in college baseball. So let's say that they lose game one. And Wake Forest beats Stanford. So you've got a Stanford Tennessee matchup. You've got to assume Tennessee wins that one, right? Correct. Uh, I mean, yeah, Matt Scott's going to pitch. They should be able to hit him. And then you've got a Josh Hartle versus Ty Floyd winner's bracket game with Wake and LSU. Who yeah. advances there? Wake? Wake. Oh, I think Wake easily because if, if Hartle gets shelled, then they can bring in Seth Keener off the, you know, I would the relief. I would like to mention, I think Wake wins the game. However, if Floyd is able to string something together and this pen has been better against questionable competition in the NCAA tournament, if they win that game, they could trot out Skeens again in that third game. They have enough rush there where he would be on four or five days rest, if my math is correct. He yeah. could reasonably pitch that uh, regional – or not regional, but you know the, the pool final, the bracket final yeah. game. You know what scares me about Floyd? Did you guys watch the last game against Kentucky? He couldn't throw a curveball 
to save his life. They hit like three bombs on him. Yeah. (laughs) He could not throw. He threw two to the backstop. He threw, you know, three belt high home runs. That scares me. Like this late in the Uh, game, you still can't throw a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. I laid it with LSU and it scared me just how constant Kentucky was hitting the ball. Yeah. I mean, you guys think they're hittable. Do you think the the crowd might play a role in this? Because LSU is going to have the crowd overweight. Oh my God! They, from what I've heard, they take over that place. Yeah. You know, I, I think so. Like I saw Texas Mississippi State uh, when Bedner pitched against. Uh, I, I think it was, was it Tristan Stevens was maybe pitching. I don't remember, but that place was loud with Mississippi State fans. Like the, it echoed in that stadium. I think that's going to be LSU. I think they're almost going to feel like they have a home game, you know, in comparison to, to Tennessee. Um, I don't know if Tennessee travels. Uh, when I saw them in 2021, they really didn't have a big crowd when they lost to UVA. Um, yeah, I, I think it really does play a factor because the stadium is big enough to hold 20,000, but it's still intimate. You know, it's, it's not a major league ballpark. That place still rocks. You know, it's, I think that crowd is going to give LSU a home field advantage. I mean, they're canceling beach trips and everything to come to this. I mean, this is their vacation down at Baton Rouge. 100%. Well, and they're uh, – let's face it, they were the preseason number one team. Yeah. They've got an all-star lineup. They deserve to be here, don't get me wrong, but, like, we've picked apart their pitching staff all season long, and I think eventually it's going to get exposed. They – I thought maybe Oregon State had a chance to do it, and they hung with them. That, like, but at the end of the day, it was Tommy White, Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Gavin Dugas. They all just pull away. But here with Wake Forest in this game two matchup, I think Wake's got the bats to hit and to stay in contention with them the whole game. And then two, Wake plays in a really small stadium, small field, and – like it's a hitter's park, and these pitchings, the pitching numbers are still so, off the charts. <laughs> so, like, what's it going to do when that field gets bigger? Because what is it downfield line? Like three, is it three hundred or three hundred and ten feet or something? It's at, three ten yeah. to left and three hundred to right. Yeah, I mean, and but now you're thing, going though. to what three thirty five? Yeah, but here's the thing: even on the offensive side, it's a small park. Dude, they're hitting the ball 450 feet. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're going not hitting, out like, without ball scrapers. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. have three shots. So, that, that extra 30 feet is not going to matter to Brock Wilkins and Nick Kurtz. And yeah, if we're talking Tommy Hawks bombs, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, in the middle of this order, they're getting it over. But no he's problem. just going to turn a home run into a triple. Yes, exactly. I guess that's the only thing that scares me is, is just the, uh, the level of competition. If Wake gets beat by Ty Floyd and LSU – I'm not going to say that they didn't deserve to be the number one team or like that they were, I guess, a Fugazi all season. Yeah. But I'm not going to be surprised either. It's just they, taking us like if somebody we have gets to, their. I'll be surprised. I really like will. we have to try and pick apart like and try to select what is the weaknesses of this Wake Forest team. Uh, can I run through a couple of their. I mean, they're, they're last month. And you tell yeah. me what elite pitcher have they faced, whereas, yeah. like, if they face Quinn Matthews in game one, does he give them a little bit of trouble? They only put up five runs in Luke Holman's start against Alabama. But name a better pitcher after Holman when you played George Mason twice, Maryland once, 
Pitt was the first game in the ACC tournament. Their ace had a 70 array. They played Notre Dame and then Miami, who started Carson Ligon for two innings off of injury. Um, then you go to Virginia Tech, and their starting rotation severely let me down this year. Florida State, they dealt with a lot of injuries. I don't know if anybody was better than Holman. You, you go all the way back to Chris Flynn on Boston College on May 6th, and is he elite? He's a – no. I mean, we thought he started hot. He's but solid. He I would say yeah. Chris Flynn is an equivalent to, like, Ty Floyd. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, we're still looking for somebody that's better than Quinn Matthews. And I, I kind of have to go back to, like, NC State down Fritton to kind of replicate what uh, Matthews has, you know? Yeah, but then I look at Quinn Matthews and I see him get shelled by a Pac-12 team eight runs <laughs> in, like, two innings. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, here's the thing. If you're Quinn Matthews – your ERA should be like less than two in Pac-12 play. I mean, let's be honest. That to me, your stats are going to be looked at, at least in my eyes, harder than a number in the SEC or the ACC. That's just me. I mean, it could be me picking on them, you know, unfairly, but Pac-12 sucks, frankly. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I I think Wake will smash Ty Floyd. I really do. Because – you know, I mean, breaking curveballs, he's just going to leave right over that plate. And they're I just – I just – I hope that Wake, if it gets into an offensive shootout, that their pitching doesn't get exposed. But, I mean, because on paper, I struggled to even find, like, five relief pitchers that were – that one that w- was bad. Like, their five relief pitchers in the guide all have sub-three ERAs. Uh, so we've like seen that, Arnold have some issues. It is ridiculous. I think if you're trying to step is on paper. If you're trying to pick apart this bullpen, it's activity. They didn't throw yeah. much. Um, game one against Alabama is their only close game the entire tournament. Like they got uh, wh- whether it's Manassi or Manachi, I've heard it send, said both ways, and then Manachi. I've heard my co-host say Manucci oh. yesterday, um, just joking around about it, but. He had to be thrown in in the third game against George Mason just to get activity in the first regionals weekend. And then he threw uh, against Alabama. Actually, no, I think Sean Sullivan closed that game out. But, I mean, activity is your biggest knock on this bullpen right now. Yeah, but when they come in, they hold it down. That's that's like – I don't – this team, I think they're bulletproof on the pitching side. If they're going to lose a game, it's going to be a 3-2 game. Like, I don't think they're 7-8 runs. So – Top two teams out of bracket, that'd be bracket two. Say Wake, I Tennessee. Think, I, I think it's Wake, I, Tennessee without any question, to be honest. I think, I, see, I, I struggled to consider LSU. Go ahead, Q. I think it's Wake, LSU strictly because I think Tennessee's bats are going to let them down. So Marcus Tyrone commented here he said how are we doing thanks for all the hard work any insights on the teams and games what's the best play for 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 friday and saturday that all three of us can agree on so well, i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to extract a little bit of value to answer marcus's question but i guess right now we all think wake is going to be one of the last ones so you could take that and handicap that out bet them to a fault win or lose until the until they get to the championship series. Oral Roberts, TCU, Virginia, Florida. How do you see that one shaking out? I think it's Virginia, Florida. I agree. I think both teams, it sucks that they're playing each other in the first game, 
but I think they both have enough pitching to get themselves back into that bracket final. I do too. That's exactly what I think. So your final four, Virginia, Florida, Wake Forest, Tennessee, and Q says LSU. So I think D1 baseball is listening to them. All of them had either Wake Forest or Florida winning. I think Mike Rooney uh, was the only one that did not have a Wake Forest Florida final. Uh, he had Virginia Wake Forest. So I think we're. Uh, Fit had a, a Virginia Wake Forest final too. Who's that? Aaron Fit. Oh, okay. I miss I missed them then. So I think we're all pretty consensus on who the teams are. And quite frankly, I think they actually separate themselves pretty far in terms of the other matchups. That's I need a prop that's the winner. Is it ACC or SEC? And if you could get that, what would you make the line? Then obviously you could do Pac-12, Big 12, and Oral Roberts. But well, I think what, you what, who would you edge. say? I would say they're both probably plus 115. I think both of them have two teams that could considerably win it all. And uh, you look at the SEC, they're going to have either LSU or Tennessee in that bracket final. And uh, Florida's a legit threat to win it all, in my opinion. And then you have Virginia and Wake Forest. I would probably list both of them at plus 115 because you would get action from SEC fans on that. And then every other conference is probably like 750 or lower. Do you think – let me ask you this hypothetically. Take the seeding away. If you could just have all the teams just jumbled. Is Wake Forest Florida the best matchup in a final, or would Wake Forest LSU – be the best i would or, or as wake forest virginia just pure baseball as far as power rankings go if you seeded at one through eight my one through eight would be wake forest florida virginia lsu i'm in tennessee stanford maybe tcu stanford oral roberts yeah, I think after the four, it's- I couldn't put I couldn't put Stanford ahead of TCU, not with the way they're playing. No, I'm, I'm drafting up an article on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's literally my power rankings to the College World Series. Something very similar to both of you guys. I will say yeah. that. I think from a viewer's perspective, the Florida Wake Forest, the biggest masters, the best pitching, like that's going to give you three three best series. I think Virginia could could exploit. You know, maybe Wake Forest uh, pretty well, but that's that's my opinion. I mean, I hope we see it. Obviously, that's one versus two. I, I'd be curious. When was the last time we saw one versus two in the finals? My uh, knowledge on the College World Series doesn't go that far. I started heavily following it in the 2019 when Michigan got there. So, I couldn't tell you. I mean, we haven't seen the number one overall seed, let alone in the College World Series yeah. since 2018. Yeah. But four trends would tell you four out of the last five winners have been from the SEC. Should have been five for five, but the Razorbacks can't catch a foul ball. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to mention this because I think we're all kind of lockstep. FanDuel has a market where you can name the finalists against each other. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's not opening up for – did it – let me look. Really? So the top two options are kind of like – uh, shortest shots. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm all chalk in the first four games. I think all the favorites are going to win. I know it's not any kind of special, not going out on a limb. I think Florida, Wake Forest, they're plus 600. That's your betting favorite for this market. 
And then you're looking at uh, Virginia Wake Forest at plus 650 is number two, but also at 650 is Florida LSU. So I, I think – What? I don't have those lines. It's crazy. I can send you a screenshot. No, I believe you because somebody messaged me. It, it pisses uh, me off that you have them. <laughs> and I don't. I'm jealous. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think LSU is going to get there. I don't think they have enough on the pitching side. They've been better recently, but I, I question the competition that they've faced. I think that both Wake Forest props there at the top in Florida and Virginia, I think both of them are worth it if you wanted to. Just rub it in with that picture. <laughs> so to kind of close this out, what would your what would your best bet be if someone wanted to bet the exacta best bets? You're saying exacta matchups. Oh, from Noah's numbers he just gave you because I it's easy for me. I would bet Wake Forest, Virginia, Wake Forest, Florida. I'm exactly the same. Yep. Because that's it's, what it's, plus five fifty plus seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw a hundred bucks on both, and yeah, you look. I, w- I would be very surprised if it doesn't come down to those. I, I think you also lay uh, projected winners. Wake Forest and Florida, they're both plus money still. I think Florida is like three seventy five. I think Wake is two seventy five. You still can plus money that. So, if you think the matchup is going to be Florida Wake Forest, bet on those both teams to win. And almost double yeah. double your money. All right, y'all have anything else to add? Who do you have one of the people all? are tired of seeing our our beautiful faces? <laughs> but who do you have winning right. it all? Q- oh, who do I have winning it all? Well, yeah. I'm going to root for the people I have futures tickets on. <laughs> I think the biggest payout is actually Florida at eleven to one. I put two hundred on them. I've got one fifty on Wake ten to one. I'm good with either one of those. I put 75 on Virginia, 25 to one. So, like, quick math would say that that may be actually more than a Wake Florida, a Wake Forest in Florida, yeah. or just Wake Florida if you want to shorten it, like I just did. And then I threw a little pizza money on TCU, 16 to one, just because they demolished the Hogs. And the last time I saw a team beat us was NC State, and I was kicking myself for not having a futures ticket on on NC State. Granted, they got robbed, so it, it was a moot point. But I just – I don't know. I think uh, I think TCU is doing something special right now. We'll, we'll see if their numbers regress to the mean, though. I got Florida winning as a fan, uh, uh, and then I think my answer right. is we will see if Florida is going to win this – entire tournament Friday night. If, if Sprode is locked in, they're going to win the tournament. I, I think they can beat Wake Forest. I think they can match up with them just as good if Sprode's on. For me, I have Wake Forest winning it. I'm not going to waver from my preseason pick there. Yep. Um, however, that wouldn't be my biggest return just because I, I, I split up a unit on three teams in the preseason. I don't really like betting something in the preseason because of injuries, and I'm a little wary on that. However, I did get 30 to 1 on them and I'm pulling for them. Um, That's I, such T- a good, that is such a good yes. number. Woo! TCU would be my my biggest return. I grabbed them at 100 to 1 before seeing the bracket and grabbed them on Sunday night uh, before the Big 12 tournament final. Um, what book did you get those with? So TCU was on Bet Rivers and actually Wake was on Bet Rivers too. Why? Uh, Bet Rivers would like to thank you for the generous TCU donation. Yeah, I mean, it was worth. I thought, you know, 
I was scared when they got put into Fayetteville. I thought that was like a death blow, a tough draw. Uh, they got out of it. They got out of there, and I'm, I think they're playing with house money. I don't know. They're not one of my top five threats to win this thing this year. But I mean, that would be my biggest return. But I've also got something on Virginia, Florida, and Tennessee. So I've got half the field. I feel all right. But Wake Forest, I think, is going to win it. And that's that's where I like to go back and look at my preseason guide that I put out in February because I put in there about Rhett Lauder, you, you got Brock Wilkin, Nick Kurtz, but Teddy McGraw. The favorite thing, yes. We didn't see McGraw. <laughs> and I said, I think Wake is a solid bet to win the ACC this year at plus 350 and to make it to Omaha at plus 300. But I didn't bet the future stick out <laughs> at 30 to 1. What are you doing? Damn. Oh, man. Yeah, my favorite thing is, like, I, I on our pod, I was high on Teddy McGraw, Team USA guy. Didn't see yeah. him at all throughout the whole year, injured. Uh, but, I mean, I hear he's still a good presence in the dugout. Like, he's a funny yeah. guy. So, yeah. Well, we'll see. We may uh, we may hop on in the middle of this if we can get a little live feed from Q down oh, in, uh, or over in go. Omaha. But, yeah. man, Q, have fun. Live it up. Drink plenty of Miller Lot. Go buy some shots at Rocco's and uh, chomp on. Is that what y'all say? What do Gators say? <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, we just that. chomp. Yeah. Chomp. Yeah. You got to put the uh, the right hand for uh, on top. A lot of people put left. It's wrong. There it is. Is it the uh... – no, it wasn't flipped on the camera because I just did it and it looked yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. um, All right. It should be a blast. I'll be posting a bunch of stuff. Let's yeah. go. Y'all go have some fun, win some bets. <laughs>